Hi there, this is Brian Barnett with The Last Symptom. When I started The Last Symptom, I never in a million years imagined it would grow as it has. In these early shows especially, audio quality was often iffy, and there were references to services or online groups that are outdated and no longer in use. Great improvements have been made. Where should you go for all of the most up-to-date resources that I offer? TheLastSymptom.com is my permanent website full of free resources where everything is always up to date and that I encourage you to refer back to often. There are also a few modest paid resources at TheLastSymptom.com. These support my efforts and have allowed The Last Symptom to exist for as long as it has. These include one-on-one phone conversations with me one-on-one Zoom video calls with me, and perhaps most importantly, the Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week, intensive, pre-recorded online video course that is far superior to things like DBT. The Last Symptom has a flourishing YouTube and Rumble channel where I publish regular orange slices, which are condensed video insights of five or ten minutes in length. If you're just now discovering the last symptom, welcome. I hope you will find every insight and resource you need here for authentic and permanent recovery from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder. Now on to the show. I hope you enjoy. Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental health nor emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he has gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as they individually and personally choose while accepting full responsibility for their own individual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you are acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Happy Thursday, everybody. This is your favorite Boston Red Sox fan host, Brian Barnett. And I have another admission to make to you. I'm also a big Philadelphia Phillies fan. I lived in Philadelphia for most of my adult life, and uh, in fact, I was living there in 2008 when the Phillies won the World Series. So you'd think that'd be my number one team, but uh, that's just not how it worked out. I didn't grow up in a sports family, but I had always wanted to learn about baseball. Baseball's all American, you know, and. Uh, I have an affinity for things that are representative of my own culture. So what happened is that by the time I really started learning the ins and outs of baseball, it was 2013. And I was now living in New England, very close to Boston. I was following the Red Sox very closely that year. And they went on to win the World Series. So are you seeing a pattern here? Wherever I go to live, the local baseball team wins the World Series. So, 
Anyway, while I'm recording this, the Red Sox are in a postseason playoff series with the New York Stankies. And we've won the first game, and tonight is the second game in the series. So I hope that by the time you're listening to this, the Stankies are off crying in their milk, and the Red Sox are an inch closer to the World Series. Now, on to more appropriate topics about emotional health. I have another admission for my listeners and followers. This time of year is a little challenging for me. One thing that did not go away with my recovery from borderline personality disorder was this seasonal depression that I've dealt with for a long time. And this time of year, the change in season from summer to fall and fall to winter has always affected me. So why am I sharing this with you? Well, because for one thing, it's, it's not a big deal. The experience is like a yearning or a sadness for past things. I walk around with this sort of burning little sweet agony in my chest. And uh, this time of year, my past memories of time spent with people that uh, I no longer get to see become heightened. But, you know, it's not like a crippling thing. It's just a sensitivity. In fact, I can perceive the difference in sunlight when it makes that subtle change between summer light to autumn light. You know, when the sun's rays no longer feed plants and trees as richly as they did all summer. I can actually perceive that. I can see that change in, in the light. But I'm primarily sharing this with you because I often tell people that recovery from borderline personality disorder does not mean becoming superior to human. It's not like uh, recovery from borderline personality disorder fixes every single thing you deal with. You know, your teeth don't magically get whiter. Your old knee injury doesn't repair itself. Gray hairs don't disappear. No, recovery from borderline personality disorder only eliminates the things that were directly connected to borderline personality disorder. And clearly the seasonal mood affective disorder, or whatever the brainiacs are calling it these days, has always been an additional thing that I've dealt with. So it's just important to be able to recognize where BPD begins and ends, to have a clear image in your head of that, so that you're not mistakenly attributing every single issue you deal with to it. The symptoms of the disorder either trace back to the root cause, or they're not part of borderline personality disorder. It's, it's that simple. What I really wanted to talk about today is your feelings, and I wanted to share a story related to feelings. In my early teen years, my best friend's family started taking me on vacation with them. My family never went on vacations, not until I was older. And Jordan was the name of my best friend. Jordan died in a tragic car accident in Toledo, Ohio in 2005 when a girl who was going 30 miles over the speed limit ran a red light. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. At any rate, his dad, David, 
was one of the greatest men and fathers I've ever known, and he became a lifelong mentor to me. He was a Cherokee Indian. He was a big, intimidating man. Big, broad shoulders. He looked like the kind of guy you wouldn't want to anger. And um, he loved fedoras. He loved to knit, believe it or not. And he liked uh, Kentucky bourbon. Well, guess what? Nowadays, I like Kentucky bourbon. I like fedoras. I don't yet know how to knit, but one of these days. When I was on the verge of entering my teenage years, David started pressuring my dad to allow me to go on vacations with his family. All expenses covered. And on more than one occasion, my father reluctantly allowed it. There was one night, which I remember very, very clearly. It was the night before a big vacation. And I was over at Jordan's house. And we were sitting outside looking at the stars, talking about our upcoming plans for the next day and the days to come. By the way, my friend and his family, they lived in a barn. It was an actual barn that had been converted into a house. And they heated their barn house with a coal stove. So attached to the barn was the coal shed where all the coal was stored. And we would scoop coal into a bucket and feed the stove at night. It was the night before our big vacation. Here we are, my best friend Jordan and I, sitting up on the roof of this coal shed, looking at the stars and ironing out our plans for the big vacation just hours away. Jordan was so excited. And out of nowhere, he says, Brian, why don't you ever get excited? I don't understand it. Every time we go on vacation, you show no excitement. You don't let your, yourself get into it. Now, I was probably 13 or 14 at this time, and I didn't know what he was talking about. I mean, I was looking forward to the vacation. And I didn't really understand at that moment what Jordan was talking about. So I just kind of brushed it off. Now you can imagine that nowadays, when I think back to that conversation, and to the two of us sitting on top of that coal shed having that, that talk, I'm able to look back and realize exactly what Jordan was seen, and I can understand why he was right, and I can see that I was blocking those feelings of excitement. Kind of blows my mind because Jordan was probably 12 or 11 at that period of time. I would have been 13 or 14. I was two years older than him. When you begin to look at things from the perspective of, I really do view my feelings as shameful, as devoid of worth, a lot of things like this begin to make sense. Because what happens when you reveal a feeling or an emotion? 
It's like walking into a battlefield stark naked. It opens you up to pain. To terrible pain that no band-aid will ever be able to cover. You see, if anybody decides to take a shot at you while you're in that exposed, vulnerable state, they will get a crippling shot in. Because open and exposed like that, you have no means of defense. I think of it like nerve endings, you know, say with a bad, like with a bad tooth. Those nerve endings get exposed and oof, they are sensitive, boy. The slightest encounter has the potential to cause much pain. Notice that this isn't just some feelings that open you up to this state of vulnerability. In other words, it's not just sadness, for example, that opens you up to this state of vulnerability. Mm -mm. It's all feelings that you choose to expose genuinely. The way you truly feel in any moment that is like having your nerve endings exposed or like strolling into a battlefield buck naked. So I couldn't show excitement the nights before vacation because showing excitement would open me up for an emotional kill shot. Now note an important detail here. I wasn't simply protecting myself from an emotional kill shot from another person, for example. I wasn't necessarily worried that my best friend, that Jordan, was going to mock my feelings. No. Rather, I was protecting myself from an emotional kill shot from the universe. That is, from life. From a turn of circumstances wounding me. My feelings are inherently irrelevant and shameful, devoid of worth, and if I allow my genuine feelings to be let out in the open, the universe is going to slap them down. It's fascinating to me that borderline personality disorder begins with our parents slapping down our feelings, and it evolves into the belief that everything even indefinite, non-defined forces will do the same. This is where the word inherently really comes into play. Remember, when I talk about the two distorted core beliefs at the very root of borderline personality disorder, I say that the person with BPD subconsciously views their feelings as what? Inherently shameful as inherently devoid of worth. And shameful means that they are a humiliating repugnance. Now we can ask ourselves, why was I afraid of feeling excitement the night before a big happy vacation? Because my feelings are an inherently shameful part of me. You see, they always betray me. They set me up for pain.
you can recreate the effect of this for yourself right now. Imagine you've just scratched off the winning numbers to the national lottery. Let's say it's swelled to a mind-boggling one trillion dollars. And you have just scratched off the winning numbers on your lottery ticket. Put yourself there. Now you're in front of the media. A thousand news cameras. There's a cluster of 50 microphones stuffed in your face. Flash bulbs going off. You are floating on clouds of uncontrollable excitement. Everybody around you is chattering with the excitement of your circumstances. Just as they're about to hand you that big check, out comes an official running out and he whispers into the ear of the person about to shake your hand. And it's revealed that there was a mistake. You failed to scratch the ticket thoroughly and what everybody thought was a six on your ticket is actually an eight. Do you feel the humiliation? The agony of having your emotions floating at the very heights of the stratosphere only to drop without warning through the soles of your feet like that? In almost all cases, it is this effect the getting slapped down for your emotions and the humiliation from that which folks with borderline personality disorder are subconsciously trying to protect themselves from. They learned it so early in life that now it's a subconscious mechanism which is constantly on guard. Back to the big night before vacation. Anything could have happened between that night and the following morning. My dad could call up and he could say I couldn't go. There could be an earthquake. Or the car could break down. Or my friend's dad could drop over dead. Or a trillion things could happen. And then what would I feel? I'd be wounded. The pain from being at the heights of joy to the ground dropping out from beneath my feet. And then how do you feel? You feel like a total idiot, don't you? When that happens, you feel like a total idiot. How, when am I going to learn? How did I, how did I set myself up for this pain once again? When am I going to learn? With the work you're doing right now, you're learning to move away from that state of constantly forever being on guard, scared and tense distrusting of your emotions, of viewing them as an ugly part of you. You're moving away from that subconscious terror. And what are you moving towards? You're moving towards true strength. And what is true strength? True strength is complete acceptance of your feelings, the total embrace and acceptance of them, of learning to see them for what they are as information, and as information, they're never good or bad, right or wrong. They're simply a mechanism for informing yourself about your circumstances, your needs, your environment, and about you, you yourself. What specifically is the first step to achieving this? 
Well, you just did the first step. The first step is recognizing and understanding what is happening and why it is happening, right? And we just did that. So congratulations. You're one step closer to recovery from borderline personality disorder than you were before you listened to this podcast. And if you feel like you missed anything important or that you need to think longer on the things we discussed here so that the full nature of the thing can really become clear to you or so that you can be able to compare my story to various specific examples in your own life, just hit rewind and listen again. There's no fee and you can listen as many times as you want. That's all I've got for today, folks. I hope you're all having a wonderful week enjoying your pumpkin spice lattes, and I hope to share more nuggets with you real soon. Remember, the objective here is to take in bite-sized portions just a little bit at a time until eventually a great big comprehensive picture becomes clear and you understand this disorder inside and out. In the meantime, don't beat yourself up today for what you will know next week. Be nice to yourself and patient and understanding. Put your failures in context, but be nice to yourself. As always, thanks for listening. We'll be back real soon.